This is episode 28 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. I'm Bella Vasta with Jump Consulting, and today I have a very special guest. Jennifer Taylor started Jen Loves Pets back in 2010 in the beautiful city of San Diego, which I adore. Jen has grown to have five employees, but the most interesting thing, and the reason why I have Jen here filling up your airwaves today, is because Jen and I had a discussion when I was recently in San Diego, and it's a discussion that I really wanted to get on record. Jen has such a vast experience in aggressive and shy and scared dogs. She used to volunteer at the Humane Society and take classes there. She studied diagnostic sources through the professional guild and working with trainers and dog behaviorists. And she has a lot of incredible stories to share with us. So, with no further ado, Jennifer, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I know that you're going to be such a blessing to so many people, whether they're just starting out their pet sitting company or they've been doing it for years and trying to figure out how to transfer their knowledge or way of doing things to their staff. When you and I were talking outside of Starbucks, you started telling me so many interesting stories. And before we get into that, I want you in your own words, tell us about your background and behavior and where did you learn it all from? Where did all this knowledge come from? You know, when you ask that question, I'm like, wait, where did it all come from? I have no idea. <laughs> but no, it was volunteering at the Humane Society rescue groups. They work with all types of dogs and, you, and they take them to classes to help with behavior. You learn from those trainers. You learn from dog behaviorists. Just working really close with extremely intelligent dog people. Uh-huh. has helped manage my fearful dog clients. Does that uh-huh. make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It's a lot of the school of hard knocks, as many would say. It's getting thrown into there and learning from the gurus and the people that live, eat, sleep, breathe this stuff. So let's make also a good foundation for this podcast today. Let's talk about what is the difference, Jennifer, between a fearful dog and an aggressive dog? Well, aggression is a symptom. Mm-hmm. So typically, most aggression is fear-based. Okay. So it's kind of tricky. Aggression can come from usually fear. It can come from territorial. It can come from predatory or protective, which those two are natural instincts. It can come from frustration. But a lot of the times, resource guarding is actually mistaken for aggression. So it's symptoms. Aggression is usually a symptom. So not that they're different. Does that make sense? It does. As you're saying that, Jennifer, I'm thinking about that kid that's acting out. That's just like so angry and throwing a tantrum. But deep down inside, he's not angry. Angry is a symptom of he's hurt or he feels like he's not understood. Is that a good way of thinking about it? Definitely. And since you brought that up, actually health issues Mm -hmm. can cause aggression. 
There's a lot of different health issues that can come about. If he's in pain, the dog can react. So yes, perfect example. And I want our listeners to think about, because we go on many different consultations and experience many different situations from, you know, the really happy, lovable pets to the ones that are just backed away in the corner, teeth, you know, showing, hackles up, gums showing, whale eyes, ears down, all of those behaviors that show like, I'm scared, get away, I'm warning you. And I feel like all too many times in our industry, as pet sitters, because we care so much about the pets, we kind of feel like, Every morning we put on our superwoman underwear, but we're not all superwomen. And especially the pet sitters that are just beginning who want to tackle the world, they want to land that client because they need the money or they just want to prove to themselves that they can do it. They kind of sometimes put themselves in situations that doesn't set you up for success. It's more like you're setting yourself up for failure. And it really worries me. And that was what really kind of piqued my interest in wanting to talk to you today. So what would be your advice, Jen, knowing what you know, if you heard of a pet sitter that maybe they posted in our pet sitting group on Facebook and they said, hey, I went to this consultation and the dog was doing everything I just described and my sitter was really unsure and they called me and they don't know what to do. Do you think we should take on this client? (laughs) Well, that's so tricky. Very, very tricky. First off, let me just say, there's a certain line where you have to have a trainer involved. Working closely with a trainer, with that client in the dog and yourself. I don't recommend putting a newbie pet sitter in that. If the owner of the pet sitting company wants to do it and feels comfortable in working with a dog trainer or dog behaviors with the client, And with the dog, I'm totally down for her. But you can't, one, if you're afraid and if you're nervous, you just can't. You can't do it because the dog will sense it. So if you're questioning it yourself, absolutely not. But that's why you want to have a relationship with dog trainers and behaviorists. You could tell the client, look, this dog is extremely fearful. I want to work with you because even fearful dogs sometimes need pet sitters, but it's the client's responsibility to call the trainer, give them a list of trainers to call, and they should be force-free and um, positive enforcement trainers because anytime you're working with a fearful dog, you need something force-free because it helps build their trust. So you work with a trainer once or twice a week, and then you will be, as a pet sitter, coming once or twice a week to help build the confidence and help build the trust between the dog and the sitter. There's actually, you know, kind of a program you put together, and you follow the program. And follow any advice the dog trainer or behaviorist will say. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So what I'm hearing you say is, Those are great steps to take, but I would maybe encourage our listeners to also consider two things that I'm hearing you say, and I want to articulate here. Okay. What you're doing, Jen, is you're setting healthy boundaries for everyone. This client in this hypothetical situation is acknowledging that there is a problem and that they want to be part of the solution with you. I think often, sometimes, some of our clients are in denial Oh, no, my dog's not really like that. He'll warm up to you after he bites you. (laughs) 
you know, we have to be realistic about assessing the situation. I think it gets even harder when we have staff. When, when it's just us, the decision-making is a little easier. But when we have staff, either the staff doesn't want to tell you that there's a problem or they don't think that it's a problem or they don't know how to assess if it's a problem. So that actually makes a problem for the pet sitting business owner because we need to educate our staff on what to look for and what not to look for. And I hear what you're saying too is it also depends so heavily on the situation. And that again goes back to is the client in this situation saying like, hey, I need someone this weekend. I'm going to Vegas in two days. You need to be my dog trainer. Yeah, sure. You can come by for one, get to know you visit, but I'm booking you and only you. Or is this a, I'm going away in four months and in those four months leading up, I'd like to contract you and a trainer and get to work together so that we can do all of this. And then I think the business owner has a decision to make of, will they tolerate aggressive dogs or have a no tolerance policy for aggressive dogs. And that is a business liability decision for you to make as a business if you're willing to take on that liability and that time, because that's going to be a lot of time and effort and certain sitters. You're not going to be able to have like a team-based model with something like this. So it really kind of goes back to what kind of business are you? And less of if we put on our Supergirl underpants today. Yeah. (laughs) So Jennifer, this is what really got me when we were talking. You told me about a couple of success stories that you had, and I would love for you to share this with our audience so that not only can they understand what it takes, but also so that they can understand what it takes and how long of an investment in this relationship that has to occur. So tell us about that dog you said that um, something about a cage and it took you months and So I loved her. She was comfortable with her dad there when we did the meet and greet, but I could tell by her body language that she was a little nervous. But whenever we went on vacation and it was time I walk in and she was scared to death, I literally would have to tilt her crate to get her to come out of the crate and to go outside to just to pee. Um, So we were doing that and I would do... All the tricks of the trade, I would toss treats, clear across the room for her. She was fine, but the fear in her, it just wasn't healthy. I wanted to build, at least make her feel comfortable in her own home while I came in. So I would tilt the crate, she'd run outside, and then run right back into the crate after she peed. And this was back when I would always wear bandanas. And finally, one night while she was out potting, I took the bandana off of my head that I've worn for who knows how long, probably too long, (laughs) and tossed it in her crate. So she went in there. I locked it and came back the next day. I opened up the door to her crate, and she slowly walked out. And, of course, my heart just bloomed. I was like, wow, okay. So we walked outside. She went to one side of the backyard. I went to the opposite side. She was sniffing bushes and looking at me at the corner of her eye. So I was sniffing bushes. I got on the ground and sniffed the grass like a dog. I basically became dog. Where did you learn this? That was just an instinct. Uh Really, honestly, that was just an instinct, just something because she was sniffing. I kind of mimicked what she was doing. She was sniffing, so let me sniff, and, you know, let's be dog together. And she came up, 
and she sniffed what I was sniffing. And then I kind of walked away and sniffed something else. The reason I walked away, that's dog language. I'm not going to keep near what you're near like a challenge. So dog language, okay, I'm just going to come over here. She followed me. She sniffed what I was sniffing. And then something, I could see her body language was more relaxed. Her back wasn't tight. She was calmer. Her eyes were softer. So I took off running. And she came running right behind me. I did get a little nervous and thinking, God, please don't let her bite my butt. And then as soon as she caught up with me, Her tail was wagging. She was happy. I ran across the other side of the backyard, and she's running with me. We're going back and forth, and I'm so excited. This is the best day of my life. I run to the front door. You want to go for a walk? Let's go for a walk. And she runs right behind me. I put the leash on her, and we walked. And that was never going to happen. The owners are like, you're just not going to be able to do that. And sure enough, I did. So, of course, I got it on video and sent it to them, and they were impressed. And she never had an issue with me again after that. Now, a lot of that has to do with, I think, the bandana that I put in, in her crate. She was comfortable. My scent was with her. So I walk in. I don't smell like just something completely different. She doesn't have to be protective and and fear-based. So that helped. And that I was dog in her backyard. We became dogs together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bow wow. (laughs) That is an incredible story. And I love it. I love how you took the time that you needed and you had clients that supported your method. You know, I think those two things are really, really important. Jennifer, when we come back from break, I want you to help tell everyone where we can actually go to get this knowledge and we can pass around ideas so that maybe if someone's listening and they want to learn more, they can understand. So we'll be back with that after this short break. Want to get yourself or your staff pet first aid CPR certified, but don't know how? Gone are the days of having to take off a day of work just to go sit in a classroom. Take it online. Pro Pet Hero is a veterinarian trained program given in modules that test your knowledge of the material at the end of each section. Pro Pet Hero can even give you a certificate to show all your clients and post it on your website. Imagine future clients being drawn to you because of your extensive knowledge. Sign up today, www.jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. Use coupon code CPR-PETSITTER for 10% off. And we're back. Jennifer, this is such an exciting podcast. I love, it's just so unique, you know, and I think that we've really inspired or at least got some people's ears perked up and tails wagging into wanting to know more. So why don't you share some resources where you just really love to just learn about all of this stuff from and that other sitters might be able to do themselves. So I love the Pet Professional Guild. They're for spring and positive reinforcement based. What is it? Tell us more. Is it an association? Is it a group? An association. But they have courses, the diagnostic courses, And there's so much information there and you could take the courses. So that's what I'm doing right now to increase my knowledge. I will become a dog behaviorist. (laughs) That's awesome. And a dog behaviorist versus a dog trainer. Is that like a psychologist versus a trainer at the gym? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's important to make a distinction because I don't think many people realize that because it is kind of a newer thing happening, isn't it? Cat and dog behaviorists, like the psychologist of why do you behave the way you are? And a dog trainer, like, hey, let me train you to yeah, sit. Sit down, roll over, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. And it's amazing how it can really help a pet business owner understand. I mean, essentially, we work so hard to understand our two-legged client and what they buy for and what's important to them. But to actually turn that frame of knowledge onto the four-legged client and understand where they're coming from, that's equally as important, right? That's my number one priority. Jim mm-hmm. Love's pets, our number one priority is understanding the dogs and the cats and their needs. And then our two-legged client is number two. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, let me rephrase that. The, our employees are number one. Then the pets, they're number two. And then our two-legged hairless clients are number three. <laughs> <laughs> two-legged hairless clients. I love that. Are there any other sources, resources that you like out there that you would suggest people check out? When we're first starting out and we're newbies, we can't afford too much. But we need the knowledge. So getting involved in Facebook groups, like you have great Facebook groups. Now, there's so much knowledge, free knowledge in those groups. So I totally suggest that. But you need hands-on training. So go to your rescue groups. Go to the humane societies and organizations that help save dogs because they always have classes for their dogs, but they need volunteers to take those dogs to the classes that you get the hands-on training and it's free. There's no, unless you want to donate for sure. You want to donate. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where to start. Then get in contact with your local dog trainers and behaviorists. Like you said, there is a difference, but if you work closely with both of the types, then the knowledge is unreal. You just soak it all up. Yeah. How do you take your knowledge and as if you were a sponge and squeeze it onto the people that you hire and that work for you? How does that work? So during meet and greets, I'm watching their body language and I'm watching the pet's body language. And I'll remind, like, for example, Daniela, she's amazing. And she wants to work with more fearful dogs. So we slowly kind of are working her in that. But for example, when we get nervous, we tend to posture up and we lean forward. Dog language, that's uh, posturing and you don't want to do that. So you want to stay relaxed and you want to stay on the back of your butt and let the dog come to you. You never reach out to the dog. You let him come out. So during the meet and greets, I'm always going over and you know, remember, lean back, relax, and going over is constant training, mm-hmm. constant reminding. And even with myself, I do it. So I let let the staff know, you know, don't forget, let's lean back. This dog is a little fearful. Don't pet him on his head. Pet him underneath his chin. Pat your leg as if your tail is wagging. Do it nice and soft and slow. So it's constant, constant. And then it just ends up becoming natural for them to look for the behaviors and the dogs that I'm pointing out to them and, you know, watching their body language too. I love and appreciate that so much. And like everything in business, it comes down to a business owner understanding what they want their company to be in the market. 
you know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for you because I personally, I don't have that kind of background. And as a business owner, I also didn't have that kind of background. And as a result, I just had a no tolerance policy for aggression because I knew I couldn't lead my own staff to the fire, you know, like, so I had to take an inventory of where my skill set was and where I wanted to direct my business. Someone like yourself, who has a lot of knowledge in that and understands the time commitment and psychology of it, Mm -hmm. that's just not only incredible for your company, but that truly is a marketing niche mm-hmm. in your area, you know, and I wish and I hope that pet sitters who are listening can just kind of take their own personal inventory and think about, is this the way I want my business to be? Or can I replicate it? Because it's also, if it's just you, I don't want to say it's easy, but you don't have as many challenges as when you start having staff. Because if you're going to have that knowledge yourself and build a business off of that type of mentality, mm-hmm. it's now your responsibility to be a very strong leader who knows how to teach and keep on teaching and training. Because this isn't like a read a book, pat yourself on the back, you're done. This is an ongoing, there's a lot of investment that you've made in yourself and in your business and in your staff. But as such, that's also acquired a name for yourself that these people know that they can send Jen loves pets to these quote unquote problem children Mm -hmm. and get the services that they need. So I just think it's remarkable what you're doing. And I really wanted to highlight that and shout it from the rooftops. And this podcast is the perfect way to do it. So Jen, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up here today? I want to definitely make sure everyone's aware that if you're not afraid You can work with fearful dogs and know that aggression isn't necessarily aggression. We, and I say air quotes, everyone says, you know, oh, he growled, he's aggressive. No, not everyone, but a growl doesn't mean aggression or showing the teeth doesn't mean aggression, that those are just dog language to say, hey, you're too close or I'm afraid or that's actually a warning and we prefer that. So I challenge everyone to look past certain stereotypical aggression and know that most of the time it's fear-based, but don't think that you have to work with the dog because if you're forcing yourself in, okay, this dog's afraid or Jennifer says, you know, and you're forcing yourself and you don't know what you're doing, you, you can harm yourself and most importantly, you can harm that dog. So you don't want a bite history for that dog and you don't want to get bitten. So work with a dog trainer, work with the dog behaviors, let the client know, I want to do this. So let's work with the dog trainer or I'm kind of nervous about this and being honest, it's okay to be honest. And then maybe tell them another dog trainer that does dog sitting would be best for this. So that's pretty much it. Preach it, girl. I love it. You have an option as a business owner. That's what I'm hearing you say. And your options are you can really become an expert in this and just dive into it and consume it um, and be honest and make sure that the team that you're on, the dog trainer, behaviorist, the client, you're all on the same page because you can't just do it your own like Supergirl, you know? Exactly. But also there's no shame in saying, I don't think this is a good fit for me for whatever reason it might be. 
you are scared, you don't want the liability, you aren't sure, you know, your staff is a team-based model and you want to be able to send in anybody who you hire to a house. It's really important for every business owner to make that decision and look deep down inside them. And it was remarkable. I think this is a great topic and I think it's going to leave a lot of people for food for thought here. So Jen, if someone wants to reach out to you or follow you on Facebook, how can they do that? Well, they can email me at jen at jenlovespets.com or they could follow me at the Jen Loves Pets Facebook page or even Instagram they can message me through there, or you could call me. <laughs> awesome. Our website, jinlovespets.com. Fantastic. <laughs> well, everyone, thanks for tuning in today. I encourage you to subscribe, please, on Stitcher or iTunes. And uh, every Thursday, we have a new podcast coming out. Go ahead and share it on Facebook. Join me at jumpconsulting.net. You can get into some of those Facebook groups that Jen mentioned. And always keep jumping. Thanks for joining. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.